0: Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we yeah, are dissecting issues as is right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Thrilled to have Rick Turnquest in studio with me. You are a blogger, you're an author, uh, and uh, you're really developing into these amazing op-eds to explain things. This one that is at AmeriChicks.com that just went up, What is the Proper Role of Colorado's Government? Uh, you went through the state budget, and it's just fascinating. Rick, it's really exciting to get to go through this
1: with you. Well, thanks, Kim, and I appreciate the opportunity to talk about this with uh, with you and your listeners this morning. And when you're looking at the state budget, you really need to boil it down to what is the proper role of government, because. All this taxation and spending doesn't make sense without that kind of a context. And you know, you and I are both uh, graduates of the Leadership Program of the Rockies, right. which is a, which is a great program. And anyone who's sitting on the fence, thinking they may want to do it this year, or may want to do it next year, or whatever, I'd encourage you to go to leadershipprogram.org and and read about the program, learn about the program, see some of the you know uh, amazing people that have been through the program, and uh, and uh, and apply. The deadline for applications for this uh, next coming class is. August 31st, and then there'll be an interview, uh, you know, if you get, a, get accepted for an interview, there'll be an interview in September, and then you get to know by the end of September if you've been accepted or not, but it, it was really worth the time and effort. One of the great things that came out of LPR was these freedom versus force flashcards, which you, and you talk about freedom versus force on the show every day, and under the New Deal, which was which was a progressive idea of the 1930s, you know, there's a force view of government and the economy and there's a freedom view of the government and the economy. The force view is that government exists to manage the, – the one purpose of government is to manage the economy and only a large government can manage a large complex economy, whereas the freedom view is the economy is in the private sphere and not subject to government management. Free, ma- free markets are not managed by anyone. The proper pers- purpose of constitutional government is to protect individuals in their natural freedom and property, not attempt to manage the economy. When pe- What people choose to do with the wealth they create, how much that wealth they choose to create and with whom they choose to trade is up to them, not government regulators. And that all ties into what I – when when we looked at TABOR last, last month and why TABOR matters, and, and the Taxpayer Bill of Rights is a very uh, – key protection for colorado take taxpayers i i felt compelled to dig into the state budget and kind of really look at what's happened to our state budgets in the years since Tabor was passed
0: i'm going to date myself but the state budget looks like the sears and Roebuck catalog from when i was a kid
1: <laughs> yeah it's 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 pretty amazing uh Meaning it's two inches thick. Yeah. The the binder that contains the state budget is two inches thick. It weighs probably about two pounds, mm-hmm. I'd say. And uh, there's a lot of words in it mm-hmm. and a lot of numbers. And it's, uh, you know, for the average, you know, the, most of us find these things intensely boring. And, and I won't lie, you know, sitting through, I'd, I'd rather do just about anything than sit through a budget hearing. But uh, But this is important because it's, you know, money that's taken from productive people by force to fund government programs, and we have every right to know where our money's going and what it's being used for. In this assault that
0: we're going to see on the Taxpayer Bill of Rights on TABOR, which I think is coming down the pike in 2020, they say that they need more money. They need more money to improve the quality of life for everyday Coloradans, and they need more money to make sure that they can fund the services and programs that Coloradans have come to expect.
1: That's right, and that 's what they
0: say that 's not right, but that... well,
1: i 'm saying that 's right in terms of yes that 's what they say but uh-huh. um, they there 's never enough money to fund all of the progressive goals and aspirations that are out there there just isn 't and and you know in in the view of our friends on the left, you know government exists to solve every human problem to protect people from every possible thing that can happen to them in life you know that that's adversity and and that's really not the proper role of government and in my blog post i talk about the proper role of government
0: and to that uh rick they uh and when we say they i am uh referring to i'm calling them pbis that's politicians bureaucrats and interested parties that uh they opine that they want to do all these things for the everyday individual that's how they sell it but in essence, like even Phil Weiser, we talked about Attorney General Phil Weiser, he said that, uh, that they're in place to protect the, the land, the water, and the air. And um, they say that, but that's not really what it is. It's really about controlling things.
1: That's right. And they, they want to have control over every aspect of our lives, basically. And we've seen that in bills that have been introduced in past sessions. You know, what kind of toilet you can use or what kind of shower you can have in your house or what kind of car you drive, for that matter. So the role of government is to protect life, liberty, and property. And when you when the role of government is incorrectly correctly Defined, it's going to be limited, strictly defined, and consists only of the powers granted to it by we the people in our constitutions. When it is expanded to include other social goals and aspirations, like climate change or driving ZEVs or whatever, uh the the size, scope, and intrusiveness of the government grows. The bigger the expansion, the more the growth, and the more the growth, the more money they need. And Governments don't create wealth. I, I had an argument with a or a debate with somebody a couple of years ago. They say, Well, no, governments create wealth. And, well no, governments don't create wealth. Productive people create wealth. And when you talk about Jason McBride and you know and wealth management, you know, this is this is people who have worked this work to earn a living people people who have started a business people who have maybe started a business grown it and sold it jeff bezos started amazon out of his uh you know garage he had a business plan he put it together he executed it and now you know he's he's created a fabulous amount of uh productivity improvements for everybody in, in, in America that uh, takes advantage of the Amazon uh, products and services. Okay.
0: You know what? Let's go to break because I want to talk to you a little bit more about wealth, uh, creating wealth. And I think what I'm going to put on the table is this person that you were talking about, uh, about government creating wealth. Uh, you have we, we see senators, U.S. senators that have gone back to uh, Washington, D.C., with not much money when they became a, 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 sit, a senator. But years later, they're millionaires. I mean, think about Bernie Sanders. Yeah. And, um, hey, I, I, I love success. But when we say that government creates wealth, government somehow created wealth for them. But I don't think it's because they developed a service or product that people freely wanted to trade their dollars for. So let's go to break with Rick Turnquist. Let's leave that hanging out there. I want to hear what you have to say. Kim Munson, we'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree? Let's have a conversation. Thrilled to have in studio with me, Rick Turnquest. Uh, important piece. It's an AmeriChicks.com, the proper role of government. I mean, this is the question. This is the question the founders, uh, really grappled with as they were trying to figure out what this whole country was going to look like. So it is, uh, it is a, an, a, it's a question for, for the ages for sure excellent piece that you've done. You've delved into this Colorado budget. Uh, But the question that we had out there that I I set up before we went to break is uh, that government, you said you were talking with a friend that said government creates wealth. You said that it didn't. And you were going a different place there than I was. But how is it that these politicians have become wealthy when in essence they haven't created anything?
1: That's a great question, Kim. And, And You know, you... While we were on break, we we, we mentioned Bernie Sanders, the uh, everyman socialist who uh, who owns three homes and is a is a millionaire, and uh, you know he he enjoyed the benefits of living in a capitalist society, wherein he wrote a book that people wanted to buy, and and so enough people bought the copy of his book to make him a millionaire. But you know it's a great question. The the wealthiest counties in the United States are the counties immediately surrounding Washington D.C., and it's amazing to me how some and and I know they get uh paid pretty good salaries you know 100 grand a year 150 grand a year whatever it is but uh you know these people who spend a lifetime in government end up as multimillionaires and like Bill and Hillary Clinton yeah they've sold some books and and you know but I remember a time when they said they were broke uh, because of all the legal fees related to Bill's uh, shenanigans. So it, it's just a mystery to me how, how people can end up so wealthy when they work in government. But,
0: and let me just give you a number. This is from Money Nation. I just looked at this. Uh, Tom garinser this was back in 2016. He said that Bill and Hillary Clinton had a combined net worth of, of $111 million. How did that
1: happen? Yeah, that's a great question, and, and I I don't know the answer to that because uh, you know, I'm they, just trying to think. Well, they you know they've you know. sold some books, uh, you know they, mm-hmm. and uh, they've sold some books. They uh, you know I think they probably paid themselves salaries from their foundation, mm-hmm. uh, but but to, to our point is that
0: uh, that government doesn't really create wealth unless you can you can create wealth in a couple of different ways. You can make money a couple of different ways. You can earn it or you can take it. And many times we see uh, PBIs, politicians, bureaucrats, and interested parties use government to take money from other people. And they may they may have a, a quote, unquote, a good reason that they um, are trying to make to take money from one person to another as they're instituting public policy. And so it goes back to what's the proper
1: role of government. Right. And, and you're exactly right. You can you can create wealth or you can take wealth and people create wealth governments take wealth that's a great tagline right there and so it's the pub, it's the productive wealth created by individuals that government take takes mostly by force to f- in order to finance that uh, government programs and you know tabor We've talked about TABOR a lot, and I'm, we're going to continue talking about TABOR. Taxpayers' bill of rights. Yep, it <laughs> protects the taxpayers because it places limits on government by, by saying the government can't impose new taxes or raise existing taxes without an affirmative vote of the people. It says that uh, government cannot issue new bond indebtedness uh, without an affirmative vote. Affirmative vote of the people because that money has to be paid back and that money can only be be paid back through taxation. In the event government takes more money than it's supposed to, uh, they are required to return the money to us unless we vote to allow them to keep it. And, you know, people talk about refunds, rebates. You know, what it really is is they took more money than they're entitled to from you by force, and it's your money, you should get it back unless they ask you whether they can keep it. And that's where Proposition CC comes in. They want to keep all the excess revenues over the Tabor limits into perpetuity.
0: And the Tabor limits are a very generous formula of population plus inflation. And uh, basically, hey, if we want to say we're going to give up our tax refunds, okay, I I, I don't think, I'm not going to vote for that, but maybe we do. But I think it's unconscionable that we would uh, take away the voice of the next generation on whether or not they get their tax refunds. And we're seeing the same thing happen over in Jefferson County. And we need to, you need to be aware that it's not only on the state level that they are chipping away at Tabor. Many counties have already done this, but Jefferson County is going to have. Uh, um, question on the ballot to see if Jefferson County can keep all of those tax refunds. So just think about this: you pile on all these different entities that that we pay taxes to, and they all we call it detabering, uh, where they are able to take keep those tax refunds. That starts to add up for the everyday hardworking person.
1: It really does, and and the fact of the matter is they they call it uh debrucing, but it really is is is, is defrauding you of, of your rightful money that you earned and you had to pay to government uh through no choice of your own. And so, you know, the budget has grown, you know, just in terms of raw numbers over the over the last twenty seven years, Colorado State budget has grown from eight billion in fiscal year ninety three, ninety four to thirty two and a half billion in fiscal year nineteen twenty, which is a growth rate of three hundred and six percent. twenty twenty. Uh, for 2020, yeah. Okay. And that's a growth rate of 306%. To put that in perspective, in the same time, Colorado's population increased by about 75%, and the inflation rate over that period was 86%. And that's one thing that I was curious about. Well, I was like, well, look at this huge increase, 300%. Mm-hmm. What if you adjust that for inflation? What does that look like? And so I did that. and. Even adjusted for inflation, so I, I have a table in the blog post here where I present the budgets in 93, 94, 1920, uh, adjusted for yeah, 1920.
0: Oh, when you say nineteen twenty, you mean the nineteen twenty yeah. budget yeah, year? Okay, yeah, I'm with yeah, you now. Okay, got
1: it. Uh, so I presented those two columns of, of data, and it still shows that even adjusted for inflation, the budget has grown by one hundred and nineteen percent over the last uh, twenty-seven years. So,
0: what is our population
1: grown? Uh, it's been about seventy-five percent. So and, the
0: budget's grown over that.
1: Yep, it sure okay. has. And then I and then I you know took I did another table that uh, you know took the appropriations by department and, and adjusted those for inflation as well. And, and, you know, they've, they've all grown, you know, with a ex- few exceptions, uh, um, you know, a couple departments kind of shrunk, which would, you know, and since they're superfluous functions of government, that's fine with me. But then I took a look, a deeper look into where the money's going and the, and the biggest single line item in our t- 2019 to, uh, to 2020 budget is uh, the Department of Healthcare Policy and Financing, which is 10.7 billion dollars, and I will grant you that six billion of that comes from federal funds, which means that that's money taken by force from taxpayers across America and given to given to uh, the state of Colorado to uh, fund this, uh, and it's mostly the Medicaid expansion that took place as a result of Obamacare. Uh, We're paying $8 billion in medical services premiums for uh, about 1.2 million Coloradans. And then, of course, there's other things in the budget, and you got to look. So if you look at the executive director's office in that department, it's almost $400 million. How many people work in that department? What do they do all day? How much are they being paid and and i 'm not even talking about the para burden, which is off balance sheet essentially and it 's not part of this not part of this budget. Uh, then we look at the Department of public health and environment that 's uh, six hundred million dollars uh, where all that money goes to. we look at human services, which is two point three billion dollars, which is actually more than transportation is in the budget uh, it 's seven point two percent of the operating budget. And then we look at uh, Department of Education, and I would submit to you that one of the reasons—politicians and bureaucrats and interest parties are always asking us for more money for education and higher education, but we're spending uh, about $6,900 per public school student and $26,000 per higher education student already, and those two line items together account for 34 percent or $11 billion of our budget appropriations. And so I just am throwing out the question here, how much is, you know, they always say they want more, but how much is enough? And are we getting a good return on our investment? People, you know, and I'm not an education expert, so I don't know the answers to these questions. But I think it's worth having a conversation. Well,
0: and that's why, as we're going to be having this conversation regarding uh, Tabor, the assault on Tabor next year, the Taxpayer Bill of Rights this piece that you have done on the proper role of government i bet you've spent 15 hours on this i mean significant amount of time on this and and you've broken out these numbers so that we can understand are do we really not have enough money or is the money not being spent wisely and responsibly
1: and i spoke with a legislator who uh, who who's in a position to know and there's there's some uh there's some overlap between departments and there's waste in In departments and there's there's money going you know that are buried in the budget that you know money to go to fund little pet projects like having uh census walkers go out and 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 knock on doors to to ask people about you know the census and things like that and and you know there's just if we skinny down our state government and there's a great book out there. Okay. A great book. Uh, it's called An Inquiry into the Nature of C- and Causes of the Wealth of States, which talks about these issues of taxation and government spending. And uh, that's worth looking into a little bit more, but I think we're running out of time. So we'll gonna have, have to see you that back for another day. You come
0: back next month. That'd be great. So again, go to Ameritix.com, check out Rick Turnquist's op ed there.